Hello, this is the Curious Kirby podcast, episode number six, 10 ways artists can use Instagram stories. Who am I? I'm Kirby Plessis. I am an artist and an art marketer, digital art marketer, but I've also been involved in technology and investigating technology in the intelligence community for more than 20 years and run my own cyber investigation website for over 10. Now I'm taking that deep technology knowledge and aiming it at marketing artwork online. I'm here to help you sell your art. Visit CuriousKirby.com for more. Sign up for my newsletter and 10 ways artists can use Instagram stories. So hopefully you're already using Instagram. There's a couple of other podcasts I've already recorded about Instagram and of course more to come. But let's really specifically talk about Instagram stories. I've got 10 easy ways artists can use Instagram stories. And there's, of course, more to this, but we'll cover the basics. Stories are crazy popular on Instagram. You're probably already using them. And if you aren't, maybe you don't even know what they are. You may have seen them on Facebook. They're spreading everywhere. Using them effectively can bring your customers or your community closer and get your art into the hands of the collectors and out of your studio. Stories are the perishable photos and videos. They are the ones that last only for 24 hours and they are indicated by a pink ring around a user's profile image. When you're actually looking at your feed, you'll see the stories at the top of your feed as a set of circles with pink rings around the circle. When you click on one of these circles, the story will start and there'll be a continuous stream of stories that won't stop until you pull down and stop the stories. Again, these are going to be the stories of the people you follow at the top of your feed. Or if you're on somebody's profile, when you click their profile picture, if there's a pink ring around it, you will visit their stories and it will stop at the end of that user's set of stories. You can actually get stories off of a hashtag and location as well. So you click into a hashtag if you see a pink ring around the circle for the hashtag. Click on it and you can see all the stories going through that hashtag. Location, same thing. When you go into a location page, you will see a circle image for the location and if it has a pink ring around it, you can click on it and see the stories tagged to that location. Anytime you're in a set of stories, either a user, a hashtag, or a location, across the top there'll be a set of dashes. Those dashes indicate how many stories are in that set. If you are reading stories and you want to give yourself more time, simply hold your finger on the story and it will freeze in place, whether it's a video or a photo, and give you some time to actually read the content. Tapping to the right of a story screen will go to the next story. Tapping to the left will go back one story. Swiping to the right will skip to the next set of stories. Swiping to the left will skip to the previous set of stories. Swiping up can get you either to the comments, so you can leave a comment, or it may open a link that's embedded in the story. There's a couple of different ways you can get a link in the story. One is if you link it to an IGTV video, or if you have more than 10,000 followers, you can actually customize links so that when someone swipes up, they go straight to a website. For you to post to stories, you can either click on the very first icon in the stories bar in your feed. So again, if you're on your feed and you look at the top, there's gonna be a little icon for you with a little plus sign in it if you have no stories, and then will be the actual stories that are available. If you have no stories, you can click on the plus sign and add your first story. If you already do have stories, simply pull to the right on your main feed. So that's when you're not looking at your page, but you're looking at everyone else that you follow. Pull to the right, and that's where your Create Stories screen is. Notice that this is also where you can go live. If you look at the bottom, it says Live, just to the left of Normal. This is where you can actually live broadcast. I wanted to point that out, even though we're not going to be talking about live broadcasts in this episode, but there have been a few people who accidentally went live when they meant to actually create a story. So that's what the Live button at the bottom is. Also take a look at those other ones. There's Normal, Boomerang, Music, 
music. There may be a few more. Don't be afraid of clicking any of them except maybe the live one. Across the top in this create stories screen, there's a gear to access your settings menu. So those are the settings for your stories and then an arrow to leave the story section. At the bottom is a camera button which allows you to click once for a photo or hold down for a video. To the right of the camera is a switch camera icon and that toggles between the back and front camera on your phone. To the right of that is the filters icon and that allows you to get into some of the playful filters that Instagram has. To the left of the camera button is the lightning icon which is indicating your flash feature and to the left of the flash is a portal into your phone's photo gallery. You can actually go into your own phone photo gallery and pull up photos you had previously taken or videos and share them as stories. If you pick a photo or a video that's older than a few days, a date will show up across the bottom of the story, but you can get rid of that by simply holding down on the date and dragging it into the little garbage can that'll show up on your screen. After you take a photo or video or you load something from your gallery, you will see a different screen. You'll see some icons across the top. The X in the upper left corner is to delete the current content and just start over. Moving to the right, the arrow that points down saves the current image in your phone photo gallery. You can push this at any time. You can push this right after you took the picture or you can actually manipulate with some of the other options I'll give you and then click that little arrow and whatever you see in your screen at the moment is going to be saved to your photo gallery. The link icon lets you add call to action content. Users with under 10,000 followers will have limited options. You may only have the option to do IGTV. You may also have some options for shopping services, but users with more than 10,000 followers can add custom links. The smiley face icon lets you add tags, mentions, locations, music, polls, quizzes, stickers, and a lot more. Explore this. And when you click on it, don't forget to look at the search bar at the top. You can put actually keywords in there and come up with content that you don't see immediately. One of my favorite things to do is to thank someone this way. I'll put thank you in there and there's a whole bunch of cute little thank you stickers, icons, and actually gifts too. The pen icon to the right of the sticker icon lets you do on your picture. So you can draw arrows, you can make circles, you can, you know, anything you want to draw onto your story. You can switch colors for that as well and the size of your pen. The double A icon allows you to add text. So you can add any text writing on the image to explain something. If you'll notice in the stickers section, which is the smiley face again. You have a section where you can add a location tag, you can add a mention, you can add a hashtag. But in the text section, you can also add mentions and hashtags just by typing them out. Put the at sign in front of a word for a mention for another user, or put a pound sign in front of a word to turn it into a hashtag. So you have multiple ways to do hashtags and mentions. All this extra content that you put in on your stories, you can actually get rid of at any time as well. Hold it down and the little garbage can will show up at the bottom of the screen and you can drag it into the garbage can. Also at the bottom of this screen is the option where you want to send your story to. If you see the button that says your story and has a picture of you, that is going to be your public stories. That means that anybody who's following you, everyone who's following you can see it. Up in the settings, you can limit that just to your friends or to allow it to be completely public, but basically it's kind of your default everything story setting. The green circle with the star is the close friends circle. You can drag something into your close friends. By default, Instagram adds to your close friends anybody you've communicated with in the messages section. The send to button, which is the largest button, will actually let you pick specific people to send directly to, and that doesn't get posted into your stories. It ends up sending it as a message directly to certain friends. Back to your regular account. On your profile page, which is indicated on the bottom of Instagram to the far right by your profile picture. If you click on your profile picture, or if you don't have a profile picture, it'll just be a head. If you click on that on your own profile page, you can actually highlight stories. And these are little circles that'll be below your profile, but above your regular content. And those are stories that last longer than the default 24 hours. 
So you post a story to your stories. Maybe you like it, you want to keep it forever. When you look in your story feed after you've posted, at the bottom there's going to be a little circle with a heart in it that says highlight. And you can click that circle and you can add it to a group. And now you can highlight those across your account and those will persist until you take them off. And you can add multiple highlighted sections. You can label each highlight section a different keyword. You can create images to show up as the main circle for the highlight that people can see on your account. So they could be, you know, beautifully matching if you wanted them to. This is a way to keep your stories from disappearing in 24 hours. So stories are multiplying. They're everywhere now. Even YouTube has stories feature. And I'm sure you've seen them on Facebook. Of course, Snapchat started this. They are good for marketers and they are good for you to market your art. They should not be treated the same way as normal content. The perishable function to them is what makes them more personal. So use this to your advantage. Also make sure you're sharing unique content to the stories. You don't want to give your followers a reason to not see your stories. If they can see the same exact content in your regular posts, then why would they check out your stories? What you want to give them is a sense of FOMO. FOMO meaning fear of missing out, where they think that they're going to miss some content if they don't click your stories every day. You give them that little bit of FOMO, a little bit of urgency, a little bit of time limit, and they're going to check those stories every day and you're going to be a little bit more connected. The common marketing advice out there right now is to post multiple stories every day. I have to admit, I don't even keep up with that, but the more stories are the better. Some people I do think overdo it where they'll have 20 or 30 stories in one day. I can't quite get to that level, but again, the common advice is the more the better. I think that as you start doing stories, you're going to get a feeling for when there's too much. As you do a lot of stories, people start dropping off and you'll find yourself a happy medium where you think, okay, this is about where I want to be. And that might be for you. It might be six stories a day. For you, It might be 20 stories a day. It all depends on your own audience. And how do you know how many people see them every day? It's going to be at the bottom of your screen. You're going to see a little icon that shows you how many people looked and you can actually click in and see everyone who's seen that content. There is more to the insights. You can actually see which hashtags they use to find that post and whether or not they've seen more than one post or not and who exactly saw the post. We'll have another podcast on insights and analytics at some point in the future. Let's get on to the meat of this though. 10 ways artists can use stories. Using stories are going to fulfill these marketing principles. Know, like, trust equals buy. Your customers need to know you, which means they need to find you in the first place. They need to like you, which means they enjoy your content, they find you useful, or they just plain out like you as a personality. Then they need to trust you. They see value in what you're selling and proof that you are the one they should buy from. All of this has to happen before they buy from you. So stories have a unique capability to help with all of the above. Using hashtags, you can help them find you, like you, which is enjoy your content. There's a bunch of ways we can have them enjoy your content, and that's what these 10 tips are about. And trust you, what makes you unique? Why should they get something from you? First way artists can use stories, share events. Do you have an upcoming show? Let your followers know about this. Stories are excellent for content that's time sensitive and not what we call evergreen. Evergreen means permanently useful. Use Instagram stories to share your events, share some upcoming highlights, and don't forget to also use location tag. And again, the location tag is going to be in that little smiley sticker. That's going to give you not only a location tag, but a place for your followers to actually click the link and get a map to the facility that you're going to be hosting this event at. Share your sense of humor. This is number two, your second tip. Share your sense of humor. Let your followers know how funny you are. Maybe they're going to come back to your stories just to lift their mood every day. Be entertaining. They'll come back for that. Tip number three, share a post from your own feed. Have something you want to bring attention to? Now, I wouldn't do this for every post on your feed, but you can actually post this in your stories. I don't want you to duplicate it and re-upload it to your stories, but actually on your post, in your feed, underneath is the place where people comment, like, and share. 
and you're going to click that share icon. That share icon is a little triangle. It's actually a little paper plane. So you're going to click that little paper plane and it's going to share, choose to your stories, which will be a little plus sign. Once you share it into your stories, my advice is that you obscure it in some way. Why are we obscuring it when we're going to share it? Well, primarily to get them to click through to see that post. We want engagement and we want our followers to engage with our content. So when I share one of my posts into my story, I will click the little smiley face icon and in the search bar at the top, I'll put click, C-L-I-C-K, and find one of the purposely made icons that Instagram provides for this purpose. Some of them will say tap here, some will say click here. You choose one of those and you obscure your actual post inside your story with this icon and it will tell people, hey, there's a new post I want you to see, but you've got to click here and you can go straight to it. When you share using the little paper plane triangle, any story into your feed, that is a clickable story. People can click it and go straight to the actual post. So what we're doing in this case is we're sharing that so it's clickable, then we're obscuring it so that they actually have to do the click. And in that way, your followers are now engaging with your content and you get a little bit of engagement points from Instagram. Why do we care about engagement points? Because more people share your content if more people engage with your content. All right, so this is one way that you can use stories. The fourth way is actually to share a post from another artist's feed. So again, sharing using the little triangle paper plane icon, someone else's post. So something you think's great in your feed, you click the little share icon, it goes into your stories, sharing is caring, but what you don't want to do is obscure it this time. Don't obscure it. I mean, now that I think about it, maybe you can because you then you're also giving them possibly engagement, but sometimes your followers are going to say, well, why am I going to click on somebody else's stuff? I follow you. I like you, not someone else. So most of the time I would say don't obscure it, but you share it and then that allows people to find more artists. It gives a little love forward. If you are sharing somebody's content though, be sure to tag them. If you share their content, it doesn't automatically let them know. They don't know that you shared it. That's not necessary. I mean, you don't have to let them know you shared it. Maybe you're just trying to tell your followers, hey, go check this out. But if you let them know that you're sharing them, chances are they're also going to share you back at some point in the future. So click the little smiley face icon at the top, choose the mention, and tag your story with the person that you just shared so that they get a notification. Number five, share when someone shares you in a story. So now instead of you sharing someone's post in your story, they've done this to you and they've tagged you. And so it comes into your messages and you see the story that they posted. Right above their story, it's going to say, share this to your story. Click it share their story to your story. Basically what's happening is they've shared you and you are sharing them back immediately without saying thank you. You're saying thank you. You can, of course, also at this point, because now it's in your stories, you can add stickers, you can add a mention, you can add a thank you, you can add whatever you want. They are already going to get notified though. As soon as you click that button that says share this to my story, they will get notified. So you don't have to tag them in this, but you might, because if you do tag them, that gives your followers a quick way to tag into their account to take a look at this other artist who shared you. Number six, share your work in progress. Maybe you're working on something. It's not ready for prime time. Maybe it's taking a long time. I know some of my artwork takes months to finish. You can give your followers a peek, a sneak peek at your progress or even better at your process. So you may take a photo of the in progress or you may take a video as you were actually creating that artwork so they actually see what goes into the creation. Number seven, you can use your stories to test hashtags. Maybe you've already read my hashtag article or listened to my hashtag podcast, which was a couple back. But if you're not sure which hashtags to use, you can actually test them in your stories. 
Hashtags behave differently in stories, but you also get more statistics about them in stories. When you are looking at your regular post and you put hashtags to your post and you get 30 hashtags you can put on that post, when you look and see the analytics for that in your business account, you can see that people came from hashtags, but you don't get to see which hashtags are you using well. There is a way to A-B test for regular posts, but A-B testing in stories is much easier because the analytics actually will tell you which hashtag people came to your story through. They act differently in stories. Niche hashtags are rarely accessed in stories. When somebody's looking through stories, a lot of times they'll go to the main one, like artists of Instagram, where there's millions of posts, or contemporary art, where there's millions of posts. They won't go through something that says river bottom art hashtag, because maybe that's only a hashtag I'm using, or curious Kirby, which is a hashtag that primarily only I'm using. So unless you choose some of the bigger hashtags, you're not gonna get much for stats. Use two or three hashtags, and again, your hashtags can be used in your text. So you can click that little double A button and type the hashtags on the text. If you're doing A-B testing, you're gonna need to do this because the hashtag in the smiley icon will only let you do one hashtag at a time. Click the text, put in a hashtag, you can put them in different actual text instances. I would limit myself to three so that you know which hashtags people are using. Also remember to make this story not just a couple of hashtags, make it interesting to your followers so that they don't come across just garbage stories and then decide, well, your stories aren't worth watching because they're not entertaining, informative, or getting to know you. Number eight, use your stories to promote your art for sale. You have some pieces you want to highlight for sale or maybe offer a limited time discount, put them in your stories. It'll feel like an exclusive sale to your followers. It'll create a sense of urgency and you can possibly get some sales directly out of your stories. I see this a lot with crystal sellers. Number nine, share emotional content. Tell your followers what's going on with your life, share your thoughts, share your feelings about what's happening with you or what's happening around the world. You can create some discussion and lets people feel like they get to know you better. You may not want to do controversial subjects, but then again, maybe you do want to do them. Number 10, and the last way we're gonna talk about today, share your life or your lifestyle. Similar to the emotional one, this one is more sharing your day-to-day life. Are you traveling? Are you visiting a gallery or a museum? You have an opening? Maybe you're just enjoying coffee in your backyard. Let your followers see that there's a human being behind the Instagram account, someone they can relate to and feel as if they're getting to know. All right, those were my 10 ways Instagram stories can be used by artists. Uh, Last note, I do think it's worthwhile to put hashtags on your stories. This is gonna get more eyes on it. This is just gonna spread it out. Remember to use the hashtags that are more popular in these cases. Don't use them just for testing. Find hashtags that work for you and put them on most of the stories you create. Also, you can consider using image creation tools like Canva to build beautiful stories once in a while just to change things up. I have examples for everything I've talked about on my CuriousKirby.com blog. That post is CuriousKirby.com slash post slash 10 ways artists can use Instagram stories. Or just go to CuriousKirby.com slash blog and you will find it. Now, let's get on to the interview. Today, I have the amazing Jackie Cohen of Jackie Cohen Glass Art Designs, and she is a fused glass artist, and she was kind enough to speak with me about her work. Since speaking to her last, she has gotten a lot more accolades, so I want to mention that she is in the Judaica in the Spotlight Featured Artist. She was the Artsy Shark Featured Artist. She was in the Arizona Artist Guild 8th Annual Statewide Juried Exhibition of the Fine Arts. Fusion Art third annual black and white competition where she got third place. Phoenix Art Magazine, June issue. Kappa Alpha Theta National Magazine, spring issue. And the 2019 Reader's Choice Best of Phoenix 
Jewish News nominated for the Best Judaic Shop. Photos of her work, links to her information, are going to be available on CuriousKirby.com. And I just want to thank Jackie so much for letting me interview. Thank you for agreeing to be my interview, Jackie. This is Jackie Cohen, who is a member of the Sonoran Arts League and a fused glass artist. You got it. Thank you for having me. Great. Can you tell me a little bit about your artwork for people listening who can't see it? Sure. So my artwork is fused glass. So that's basically flat pieces that you cut and you put in the kiln to create whatever shape you want. So it's not blown glass like a tahuli. People sometimes get that confused. And with fused glass, you can do many, many, many different things. I like generally very bright colors. I go bright. I go abstract. I make home decor, I make panels, I make panels that stand in stands and panels for people's walls, and that's kind of in a nutshell what I do. Okay, and we're sitting right next to one right now, which is a big color block plate piece. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, and um, I noticed that you do a lot of blues, and you can kind of tell us why. You know what? Okay, so it just I go in different phases, so I get different inspirations. So the that the first things of the blues that you saw. Um, I had a really crazy summer and I went to Maui on vacation. Oh, you're inspired by the ocean there. I was inspired by the ocean. It was, I was so relaxed. I was so chill and I was really inspired by the ocean. So it, it, it was, everything is kind of wavy and tranquil and serene. And that was how I was feeling. So I get frequently inspired by my surroundings, Mm -hmm. by nature, by what I'm doing. Um, so that, and then if I, if I pick a theme like that, I'll just, go deep and I'll make many different component pieces so I could do that like that circle piece you saw or a bowl and I'll make a lot of different pieces in a collection so that is actually something I started doing last year when I decided to do hidden in the hills we're probably jumping along no you're going Mm -hmm. so um I used to do a lot of one of I always do one of a kind pieces but I would just do one piece it'd be a one and done and I was preparing for Hidden in the Hills. I had never done it before. They told me about the volume of people that would be coming through this six-day show. And I'm like, okay, I am going to do collections. So I have collections, and I'll have multiple pieces within that collection, different size, different shapes. So when you see a lot of blues, I'm in that zone. And when I have that glass out, my whole studio right now is filled with it again. It's all the blues. Then I will put that away, and I'll do a bunch of things in my um um, synergy collection which is the black and white checks and all the bright colors and all that and then I'll be in that mode and I just have stacks of different of glass it's almost like if you're in an office and I was I always laugh if you're in an office and you have like a stack of files which people don't even have paper anymore but in the old days they used to have a stack of files I'll have stacks of glass like just different boom 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 to work on so whatever mode I'm in that's what I'm working in great can you explain what hidden the hills is oh, sure <laughs> So Hidden in the Hills is um, the Sonoran Arts League signature event, and it's six days. It's the three days before Thanksgiving, the three days after Thanksgiving, and it's 10 to 5 each day. And um, I think last year, 175 artists participated in, and maybe I might get this number wrong. I remember it last year by heart. Maybe there was 45 studios. So you, people can travel to every different studio that they want to. It's free admission, and they can either go – there's a huge, beautiful – table uh, coffee table booklet and you can either go by um the medium of that people have that you want to find like if you like glass you can go to all the glass artists or you can go to people that you know or their name it gives you also you can or you can go by the location you can just do it all by you know demographics so just it you can 
figure out whatever way to go. There's a bunch of different artists. You go to a studio. Most studios have more than one artist. So my studio, there were six different artists in one studio. So people would stop. They could look at six different artists. They were all totally different and then go on to the next one. Awesome. So thank you. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So now back to my written questions. No, you're good. You're perfect. I love that. We're, we're going to zoom off in whatever tangents we come up with. All right. What, uh, what, describe your road to being a professional artist. So how did you how did become an artist? Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. So um, I was never formally educated in the arts. I was a business major, marketing major, actually, which now is ironically kind of helping me, even though the things I learned weren't even invented back then, social media and all that. But some of the principles are the same. Um, probably about 15 years ago, I was in a place in my life that I just started taking art classes. I just wanted to explore. I've, I've always been artistic. I've always loved art, but I just wanted to take some classes. And I took, you know, watercolor and drawing and ceramics and all these different classes. Nothing really clicked with me. And, like, I love watercolor, but it was, like, stressing me out, giving me a headache, even though I, I admired it with, with other artists. I couldn't do it. So I found a not-for-credit um, stained glass class through Scottsdale Community College, and I took it. And I learned how to cut glass, and I loved working with glass. It was a different medium. It was fun. It was. It was. I liked it. I didn't love the end product of stained glass. I mean, I admire it. I just didn't love it personally for me. It wasn't. It didn't give me enough. Um, it was a little too restrictive for what I liked. They had a fused glass class. I took it. I'm like, this is it. I love it. So I started just taking classes here, and they're total hobbyists. I was just, you know, take a class here, class, take a class there. Then I started taking classes more frequently, say once a month. Then I take classes once a week. Then I'm going twice a week. I'm at a point that my youngest child was a sophomore in high school, and I'm like, you know what? I think I want to make it. I want to do this. I want to make this my my career. This, I love this. I, I've been doing this for long enough. I will not get sick of it. So we built a studio. I have a kiln. Now I have expanded that studio, and I have two kilns. But I keep, it's like closet space you can never have enough space for sure um and i do it full time so you know that's helping totally organically and to rewind glass is something that i used to buy on vacations and admire so i'd be i'd go to art fairs i'd buy glass i'd go on vacation i'd buy glass even before i started taking the classes i always loved it It called to you it called me Mm -hmm. now my house i use my house as a, a just a testing ground for everything it's like all full of my you know, I bet. Now, here's a question. Starting up a glass studio is a bit more expensive than starting I, a watercolor I had, studio. No, I had a benefactor. So um, <laughs> okay, I, have, <laughs> I have to say my husband um, is very supportive. Yeah, he was very supportive. He goes, if this is if you are sure. And I had, I had done it enough that I knew. And the reason I liked glass is because you can do so many different things with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm doing in my kiln. I mean, I can go. I haven't done mosaics. I mean, there's so many different things I can do. And I knew I wouldn't get tired of it. So he, he helped set me up. Good. Okay. You need a benefactor. It, it would help. That's for sure. Yeah. It was. Yeah. The, the tools are expensive. They are. The yeah. are expensive. The glass is expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not something that as easy as picking up a few things at the, you know. No, we, no, we did a full build out mm-hmm. and had to do them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, how, how long ago was that? When did you start? So we built the studio uh Five, five years ago. Okay. And did you immediately join the Sonoran Arts League or is this more? No. Huh. No. The when did Arts you join? That's really interesting. So mm-hmm. that was one year ago and mm-hmm. it, it happened also kind of organically. Every year I'll just try to dip my toe in a different market just to kind of test the, test the waters. 
And a year ago, so 2018, I did the Desert Sage Market. I didn't even really know what Sonora League was. I mean, I knew about Hidden in the Hills. I grew up here. Everyone knows what Hidden in the Hills is. But I really didn't know about the league. I, jo- I did that art that art market. And the people, most most people, not everybody, I think most people, were from Sonoran Arts League. And they were so nice and so encouraging and just really, I mean, I'm like, I really like this group of people. So I went on the website. I'm like, I'll join. I mean, this is, a you know, worth it. I never planned to do Hidden in the Hills. I really didn't know about all the things that the, that the league offered. And then I basically went really deep this year. I just did, I did so many things with the league. Um, I did a lot of shows with the league. I became juried. I wasn't going to do Hidden in the Hills, and I did Hidden in the Hills. So, I mean, I just did it all. So, I'm one year out. Yeah. I'm done it one year. Yeah, that's great. So, I love it. The league is great. You know, I agree. I think the league is great as well because that's kind of the same thing. I'm only in for just over a year myself. And when I first I just met people in the league, you're right. This is the friendliest They're group friendly. of artists They're encouraging. Ever. They're not yeah. cutthroat. They want everybody mm-hmm. to succeed. There's room for everybody. Yeah. So, even if you do the same medium, it can be totally different. Uh, and it is definitely yeah. yes. So. Okay, so do are you in members of any other art organizations? I am. Mm-hmm. So I I've been a member of the Arizona Art Alliance. I've mm-hmm. been a member of that. I mean Arizona Arizona Glass Alliance. Okay. Arizona Artists Guild. Okay. That one I haven't been as involved with this year. I'm gonna try to get more involved with there and doing more because last year I did almost all Sonoran's Arts League. So every year I try to do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So this year I want I've tried to get myself into some of their art shows, Arizona Arts Guild. Um, I also worked in Phoenix with Art League Phoenix, so I'm trying to get some stuff going on in there. And American Craft Council. So that those are my ones right now. Okay. Um, so do you remember the very first piece you sold? You know, it's really funny. I had another interview for another publication, and they asked that question, mm-hmm. and I'm embarrassed to say I don't. But, because you should. I don't know why you should. I don't. But something else I do remember that I have, which is kind of odd, I that I saved it. I remember the very first gla- fuse glass class I took, I saved the first piece I made. I didn't even cut anything. I basically, the teacher cut a, a white square, and she had a bunch of scrap glass pieces of glass and buckets, and I put, I basically placed and glued these pre-cut scraps on this piece. I thought it was beautiful. It's hideous, but I saved it. Like something spoke to me to say, save that. So when I've had a day that didn't turn out, everyone has days that they things don't turn out the way you want, or you're like, oh, I'm not feeling as confident or whatever. I go back and I look at that piece. I'm like, I've come so far, but I don't know what made me save that piece. I just, I saved the first piece. So I saved the first piece to look back and kind of remind me and ground me. But I don't remember the first piece I sold. Okay. You know, that's great. I you're not the for only a long one. Time, so. Really, really? Yeah. Most I, people do, but I think for a long time when I was a hobbyist, mm-hmm. I was giving it away to so many people. And then it just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Again, organically happened at some point. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. So what's your biggest source of sales through the year so for example via your home studio through paid advertisements gal- <coughs> um, galleries shows an email list a website social media hidden hills what's your big source of income so i'd say a little bit of everything so okay. um i kind of try to like put myself out there in a lot of places so obviously hidden in the hills is big mm-hmm. i also do before i was doing hidden in the hills because it's only been one year i'm gonna do it again this year but it was very successful for you it was very successful cool. i'm gonna do it again mm-hmm. um i have my own solo show the first weekend of november I've, I've had that since i've had my studio mm-hmm. and i have 
I have a, a huge following of people that will come to that. So that's really huge. Is that at your studio or is that okay? Mm-hmm. It's at my studio. Um, I would say also for me, I do a lot of repeat customers and a lot of word of mouth. So people will give my gift, uh, give my piece of art as a gift, and then those people look me up. So that's huge. Like I've actually been doing commissions since Christmas time. Since I, I just finished it, it is like April. Yes. This was my time to like just explore. So that's huge. I do a, I do an email. Um, email newsletter. list, yeah. I, I think do, it's I do a newsletter once a month, and actually, so that gets me business. And as a matter of fact, I had somebody send that back to me and asked me to to make something from them from that. And I would say the other cool thing that just happened to me recently. I think all this these ways that you're out on social media. I'm on social media too. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody was looking for it was it's actually a dentist office, and they were looking for a piece of glass, a big piece of glass for their office and they Googled and they found me just from my digital footprint. And they That's hired great. me, so, yeah. and they had a bunch of different glass artists they were looking at. So I, I think it's just a combination of everything. I, I mean, you, you gotta keep it going. That's right? right, yeah, it's a business. You've gotta you have to work bring in, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned your show at, in November at your studio. What other shows and what other galleries are you part of right now? Or that you know are coming up? Okay, well, it's really funny because if you asked me this, like at the end of the month, I would have had more because I have some, some submissions that haven't, I, I don't know about right now. But, okay, so right now I'm at Anthem. They have the, through the Sonoran Arts Leagues in partnership with Anthem Civic Building, the uh, Art and Public Places. So I've been doing that um, throughout the year. I, um, I'm going to do Hidden in the Hills and, and my show in the fall. I, I have a bunch of online presence. Does that count for shows? Sure. I mean, there's a lot of digital shows. There's a digital show. Mm-hmm. So right now I have a piece in Fusion Art, which actually isn't Glass Fusion, even though it's, it's called Fusion. So I have an entry in there right now in April. I had won something uh, last month. So I, I've, I participated in that, and that's an online forum international. So that was kind of cool. I have some articles coming up, some um, features of the month. I have something in a... Um, Judaica in the spotlight that's going to come out next week and that's an online digital it's online um social uh social media site i have um artsy shark which is also an online um forum and i'm going to be there anyways i have a few other things that i'm trying to expand like in chandler and phoenix but i don't know yet so i don't want to say anything oh yeah that don't worry i can understand that so i'm kind of there so the digital ones can you send me the links when you get them so i can put them in this yeah. article? Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Totally. All right. Yeah, I have like four of them. Yeah, I would love any links you want to send, and I'll put them in there. Do you have any mentors or influencers that really helped you along the way? You know what? I think for somebody like me who's not formally trained, I do look for people for advice because I, I mean, I will take a class from a class master. There's certain masters. I'm sure they're like that in every single, you know, every single medium so there are a few people I follow and if I am stumbling I will like I'll ask a question if, if there's something that didn't come out right and I can't figure it out so there's there's a few that I people anybody I specific that you would say that like this is who I look to for as far as from glass mm-hmm. yeah there's a lady online named Lori Spray and she's phenomenal there's a lady called Lisa Voigt and she's really phenomenal too so I follow both of those ladies okay thank you mm-hmm. okay so how about uh, immediate or distant goals 
So do you have a five-year plan? Do you have like some galleries or shows you really want to get into? Yeah, I have one gallery that's actually a this year plan and I've submitted to it. So I can't say. Okay, so you can't say, but fingers crossed for you. Okay. Fingers crossed. I'm actually, I'm going to find that out in, in actually next week too. So, um, yeah, so my big, so every year I try to do a different artistic goal and a different business goal to try to, you know, you have to raise your bar. Challenge yourself. Yes, definitely. You have to, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so last year I spent a lot of time in up in Carefree, Cave Creek, you know, North Scottsdale, which is wonderful. I still plan on being here, but I want to spread myself. I haven't gone into Phoenix. I haven't gone into Chandler. I need to, I need to like push myself that way. Um, and I also think it's a fine line between, you know, you might ask this question, but for being successful, it's like, you know, also being recognized. But the challenge for me as an artist too, is the more you put yourself out there, then the more you think there's my stuff. This is like my baby. Are people going to imitate it? Even though imitation is the greatest form of flattery, but I have, I post a lot and I have seen a few of my things that I've made up in my head copied. that people have copied. And I try not to get too frustrated because I figure I'm one step ahead, but it's hard. I, I haven't figured out how to resolve that yet. I, yes, I, I had the same discussion with a friend of mine earlier today, in fact, and we were talking about I'm starting a new series myself and whether or not I should sneak peek it because I'm worried, well, what if somebody else executes it better than I do or faster, okay. rather? So I'm trying, and it's very difficult for me to hold back, to, to hold back the, like, real what it really is mm-hmm. until I have so many pieces that it's obviously me. I could get that. So, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I know. And I know you were showing, for example, your huge piece that you're working on right now. Mm-hmm. You want to describe it a little bit? Or maybe you don't have to talk about details, yeah. but it's huge. That's all I have it's to say. And huge. I don't think I've seen huge glass pieces like that often. Well, so that's a really, that's a big challenge. So this piece was, mm-hmm. is eight feet long. I do not have a kiln that, that, that is that big. Right, yeah. So, I, and that was just the first layer that you saw. Mm-hmm. And then on top of there is just a whole other, you know how I like to, so it's, mm-hmm. it's totally me. So, this lady wanted this ocean theme, and so it's this eight-foot-long piece that is going to be a, kind of like a big ocean wave and just kind of have my thematic components put on it. And, um, you know. Yeah, so how, how do you deal with an eight-foot piece when you don't have an eight-foot kiln? You find there, you there's places creative. around town that have oh, it. Oh, okay, so then you, then you have to transport it. You have to transport Right now it's in two pieces. I can't tra- transport it. Once it gets to one piece, I have to hire somebody that can oh, yeah. it. And that person's going to install it. Oh, good, okay. So, yeah, perfect. It'll get done. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, all right, so how do you define success as an artist? I think, um, you know, the, there's different ways. My, my basic goal is I do this to bring joy for people. I mean, I don't, I don't think art has to be complicated, even though it can be. But if you walk by something and it makes you happy, it makes you smile, it makes you, it reminds you of something. So my, my, my biggest joy is when I, somebody buys something or they do a commission and they're so happy. I mean, that's, that is really why I do it. But I will say that when things sell, that that also makes me very happy. So part of it's sales and part of it's recognition getting accepted and having your art out there. And, you know, I remember when I started this way back when, one of my friends who now lives in New York is like, well, do you want to be, you know, to sell your work or do you want to just be recognized for your work? You know, they don't always go hand in hand. I'm like, no, I want it all. That's right. Aim for it, aim for the sky, everything. I want it all. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's like I I do. It makes me feel like I'm when my, when my work gets accepted into places and it just, it makes me feel really good. 
So I call that, that's successful for me right now. And that might change. You know, right. things go on and things will change. Absolutely, yeah. How do you choose, um, like, the structure of your art, your designs? How do you figure them out? You know, it, it just, they come to me. Just yeah. inspired? I just do you map them out first? Do you, like, kind of sketch them? Some things them, I do, some or? things I don't. Mm-hmm. So when I do a commission for somebody, I always do. Okay. But then I always say that you have to let the artist, I have to have that, that just, it, it might not turn out the way it does on paper because blast doesn't always translate to paper. And I have right. to be able to say yes, no, and I, and I change it. If I'm not sure, I walk away and I'll come back. Sometimes I'll sleep on it and come back the next day before it goes in the kiln. Um, so sometimes I'll map things out detailed. Some things I'll just do a sketch. I, I, have a, I always have a notebook on me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll, I'll do little sketches and I'll change things in the glass. People wear an outfit. I'll be like, oh, my God, that can be glass. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah. But I would say I'm my sketches are rough, and my I, and then I when I put it on paper, I, I I'm not really usually super detailed on them. But I just get just enough to get day. the idea down. Like, yeah, I was mm-hmm. hiking on Sunday. All those flowers were in bloom. Mm-hmm. I was up here in um, the uh, Black Mountain, and I just I took a couple pictures. I'm like I have to go desert. Like that's after I finish this blue theme, I'm going desert. I'm going flowers and. Ooh, I'm excited to see yeah, what comes up. Like, it, but in my way, it has yes, to be in my absolutely. way. So some artists, some glass artists do. They're beautiful, but they're very realistic yes. pictures. I don't do that. I, I don't either. So I totally feel you. <laughs> so like I'm just thinking like so that was what I want. Once I finish this, that is exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. How many hours a week do you spend creating? So not the other part, not yeah. marketing, but actually creating. How many hours do you figure you spend? So a I week try, or a day, whichever. So I really try to make this like, I, this is like my business. This is not a hobby. So I am pretty regimented in my day mm-hmm. for the most part. So I wake up super early. I'm one of those weird people. I go to bed I do too, so. Okay. I, I have to exercise first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. It kind of sets my head. Take a shower. You know, get my my green. I usually drink matcha tea. Go into my studio, and I would say a good day. <clears throat> I don't check emails or any of that. Um, five six hours. Okay, yeah, that's good. That. Now, if I have appointments, I'll do them later afternoon, or I'll take one day, and I'd rather have a whole day kind of wrecked from my studio time, because I cannot go out to an appointment in the mornings and come back and work in my studio. I have to do it first thing. It's the weirdest thing. I can do other things in the afternoon. I can't go back in my studio and work. I don't know why. You know, you're not alone you with that either. Way? Yes, I get up very early, like at four, and if I oh, don't get in, me, yeah, if I get in this, if I don't get in the studio right away, if I don't get in like things done by yeah. noon, the, I can do little details in the afternoon or something, but it's not going to be like any of my big pieces. No major work's going to be done. Me too. Yeah. I can do grinding or I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. So I'd rather just take a whole day if I have appointments. Right. But I, so I'd say, yeah, I'd say about five, six hours. And and, I, and if I'm, if I have a lost appointment, I, I work a lot on the weekends too. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I like it. Yeah, I was going to ask if you have office hours. So you work on the weekends as well, so not exactly office hours. But I don't have office hours. You mean for a customer to come? No, no, for you to get to work. Like you go to work at 7 and you're uh, done by 3 or they're something. They're loose. Like so I, try, I really, like I said, I try to schedule any appointments for late in the day mm-hmm. if I have to do that because I have other commitments or I'll spend a whole day. But if I have a week that I have like two days that I can't be in the studio, then I'll work on um, I'll work on the weekend. In the okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that, you know, you work out, you get your, co- you get your yeah. coffee, you shower your coffee, whatever, and you go in. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is there anything else to kind of gear you up to get in the studio in, in the morning? Do you listen to certain kind of music or do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to 
Anything else to get yourself up? I have listened to your podcast on that. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's my goal. I mean, I listen to podcasts in the studio really all the time. Good. And so. actually, yeah, if you want in hashtags, I had to go back and re-listen because I was taking notes, so that was good. Okay. I'll just put my iPad up there and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, I'll just... I used to do music. Usually, honestly, I'll just have the TV on and I'll have the news or something running out or HGTV mm-hmm. or something like that and just this kind of white noise. I get very hyper-focused. It's like I get working on a project... And like hours will go by if oh, I'm yeah. super creative. Mm-hmm. Now, if kind of like writer's block, if you go in there and then nothing's happening, I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna wreck my glass. I'll either organize stuff or do do some. There's other parts of the glass that you can work on, but I I know myself better because that does happen sometimes. Luckily, not often. Right, where you force yourself and it's not. I it never I right. never like the piece. I won't force myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wake up, I work out, I, I take a quick shower, I make my, my, my green matcha tea, I go out there and um, I just kind of cook on the TV and start working. Okay. Where do you get your art supplies? Do you have any special places you get? Yeah, so for glass, obviously it's heavy. The sheet glass is about 35 by 24 for a piece of sheet glass, so it's heavy and it's big. So there's a place in town that I get at Southwest Art Glass. Okay. And they're relatively new. I think that they started in December. Oh, wow. Really new. But I heard that there was some limitations for glass, for sheet glass. They're not anymore. Not they, anymore. Okay, good. They cleared all that up. Oh, good. Okay. They cleared all that up. Um, so usually I get most of my sheet glass from them. There's a few online places that I'll get a specialty something here or there that I, if I can't get there, I try to support local, shop local. Um I go to California every summer, and there's a place there, Pacific Art Glass, and they do a lot of dichroic glass. And so we, it's just a half hour from our place, so I'll go there every summer and just usually stock up of what I think I need for that because the, they, they have a lot there. Um, so that's how I do it. Okay. And where do you spend the most time besides creating? So like when outside of when you're actually creating artwork, where do you spend the most time for your business? Is it in marketing? Is it for, you know, networking? Yeah, I would say right now I've been on this marketing thing because I'm really trying to push myself. So like I said, I have these, you know, like like this podcast and I have some articles coming out and um, the calls for art, you know, as an artist yourself, it takes time. It Every does. call for art, I would like to have an assistant because they have all these specifications of the size of the picture and that. And that's the other thing. I produce a lot. I take mostly I take my own pictures. Now, once in a while, I will hire a photographer if I have a, a big thing, and I'll have them do a slew of them. So I just had a professional photo shoot of me and some of my glass, but I can't do that for every single piece of glass. It's just, and they do such a good job. I just can't do it. I, I produce too much, and it would be too expensive. But that takes time, taking your pictures and then editing them. Um, and the calls for art, I find really tedious. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? They're kind of yeah, no, it's the same. So I, it takes I, a lot for yeah. the marketing. Networking, um, that's really easy. It, it, to me, it just kind of happens organically. I always have cards on me. I carry water bottles. I'm carrying one right now. I always have my stickers everywhere that have my logo on it. People will ask you about things all the time. And I don't know if you find this, but we do a lot of things socially just in the valley and the community. And if you tell anybody you're an artist, people just want to hear all about it. Right. It's pretty easy to talk about what you do and you love it. They're like, really? You know, you're an artist? You do that for a living? Right. I mean, we're it, used to it because all of us are, but mm-hmm. most people aren't. Um, but I would say marketing is where really where I'm focusing. Okay. Um, okay, so we already talked about social media. You were, you said you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram. Are you on Pinterest? I'm on Twitter. I'm not on Pinterest yet. Oh, yeah, I did see you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. My fear of Pinterest is that 
that people just go there to kind of imitate your work. But I don't know if that's true. But so, that's been my fear. Yeah, no, I can understand that. So Because people go there for ideas yeah, and they, they go for it. to look and to look and to look. Even though you can do that on any social media. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But right. that's been my fear of not go- being on Pinterest. Right. So I'm I'm going to write some about Pinterest coming soon. And oh, maybe good. some of the other podcasts will have. Maybe this one will have the Pinterest in the beginning of it. But I, I think that Pinterest is also one that's dead simple to automate and get your website traffic directly from so i do think pinterest is important really okay and and like you said i mean they're looking there for inspiration and ideas but it's not necessarily a bad thing for you to be their goal person like for example the people that you said that you look up to these glass artists you think are great they're they're gonna think you're great like that if you are building up kind of a content on pinterest I have to investigate more. I yeah. know. I appreciate your opinion. That's the, I haven't. I haven't been really good there. So. Okay. Well, I'll give you some. I'll, I'll read about it. it. Okay. Good. Okay. So, uh, do you have any social media tips for other artists? Now, I know you're great on Facebook and Instagram. Do you have tips for people? Well, you are the master. But. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. But. <laughs> so okay. So for Facebook, for me, and actually Instagram. I have found, this is really interesting, and you might know this, but A, you have to post every day. That's like a given, okay? But um, and if you're out of town, you can schedule posts. It's not that hard. But people want to, A, they want to know you, and they want to know, they want to, this is what I found in Hidden the Hills, too. They want the story. They want the inspiration. They want the background. And so I try to give little behind the scenes or work in progress or like when I did my hike, this inspired me. This is now going to be a, a, you know, a piece of art one day, and I'll, I'll talk about that. I also do try to do a lot of lives because mm-hmm. I think that gives the people a way to connect to me, and they like it. And I've had people follow me in to shows from my lives. That's great. Yeah. Now, do you do a lot of the stories as well? On Instagram? Mm-hmm. I do Instagram stories. How about Facebook stories? I've done some. I have not done as many Facebook stories. I've done some. I've done That's more what I think is like kind of the get to know you spot is the stories, which I haven't done a lot of them like that. I know I should do more as well. I did one not long ago where I was talking about how I was going to go do my teach my Bitcoin class because my other company's cyber investigation right, right. and and people are like, whoa, what is this? You know, and I thought, oh, I should probably share more of that world a little bit, you know. But maybe we'll see. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah. That, that's that's you know that's kind of it, and you know I do, I do promote myself once in a while. I'll, do, I'll, I'll sponsor an ad, and you know it's Facebook's yeah, they, they've both been good. I've, I've sold a lot on Facebook, believe it or not. Instagram, I've sold some. I've gotten a lot of recognition on Instagram, but Facebook, I'll put something up and I'll sell it like boom, 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 boom. Right, and how so the ads? I I love Facebook and Instagram ads. I think that they're very affordable. Great reach. And are you finding the same sort of Absolutely. thing? Absolutely. Good good bang for your buck. Yes. All right. Um, what, let's see, let's see, sorry. What resources do you find critical for newer artists? Do you have any books you can recommend or classes like you took? Um, so that, I would say without getting into the glass world, just artists in general, there's this, I'm actually going to be a featured artist here, but I've been following them. It's called Artsy Shark. Yeah, I haven't heard of them, so I'm they looking forward to They are like a that. business forum for artists. So you can take classes with them. You can do webinars, or you can go to classes. They can teach you how to write your artist. You can pay, and they can help you write your art. Or you can look up how to write an artist statement in your bio. I mean, those are really important. There's all this you know, business side of it. Like, I try to update that every year. Mm-hmm. My bio changes, my, my um, artist statement, my resume. 
Um, so I think that's a really good universal. Um, and they don't teach that in most, in most art schools, funny enough. You don't get as much of the business. I didn't even neither did I but I was talking to people who have and they said you know you get so a, then a if, lot of the fine arts you but you don't get the business okay part. so if you don't learn the business side of it how can you be successful unless you have a business manager but if you don't and a lot of people don't mm-hmm. need, I don't know you need all that stuff so I would say artsy yeah. shark mm-hmm. okay for everybody do you listen to podcasts so I know you said you listen to mine but do you listen to other podcasts ever <clears throat> I have been involved in a nonprofit organization, and I listen to this lady, Joan Gary, who's really good at, um, for the nonprofit. So I would listen to her. Sometimes I listen to her when I hike okay. on topics. Um, on the way down, on the way up, I need I need the music to get me going. Okay. On the way down, I've done the, on the way down, I've done the hard it's part. It's the relaxation part. So I can part. listen, but on the way up, I need the music. I need the beats. I need the you know beats per minute to keep me going fast. Yeah. Um, I need to do more podcasts. My children, they're in their 20s. They are all over podcasts. I mean, that's all they it's do. It's huge right now. My daughter has a commute. She's a student teacher right now. She's finishing her last year at ASU. And she has like a 45-minute commute. And she listens to podcasts. Podcasts, podcasts. But my son's been listening to them. I need to get more into the podcast. My very first episode is on podcasts. And it's oh. about the ones that I love the most. And I shared, well, I shared, you know, I expect that a lot of people here haven't listened to podcasts. So I, first I talk about, here's how you get, you know, the app and you find them. But then I share some of my favorite ones. And there's some great art ones out there. And there's some really good business ones as well. And I know that you're more business-minded. Um, I'll just suggest to you right now, The Business of Design. It's an interior designer, but she has the best business advice. It goes across, you know, different types of work. I mean, I take her business advice to heart for my cyber investigation business. I actually have listened to her on a podcast. I mm-hmm. forgot about her mm-hmm. because I think you posted about her. I think I did. Yes, I and, know I did. Okay, so then She's amazing. I, and I did listen to her on my hike. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Okay, I did. Yes, yeah. I did, I did, I did. I did. All right, okay. cool. Okay. Um, how do you keep your balance, your work-life balance? How do you clear your head? It's funny because I don't consider my work work. I, I know I'm the same. I'm doing it like at dinner time. And, you know. I love doing it. Um, but I would say definitely working out in the morning for me, it just sets my day. It uh, it sets my that's day. That's something I need to get better at. Mm-hmm. It, re- it really does. I mean, it just boom. So that's really good. And then, you know, I, I'm, I'm very involved with my, my family, my faith, and we have a really big social life. So, I mean, we, you know. You keep that. You keep we're, that we're, very, we're very diverse and well-rounded. Okay, good. Okay. All right. How can people listening to this podcast find you and your work online? It's easy because it's all the same. Jackie Cohen Glass Art Designs. So my website is JackieCohenGlassArtDesigns.com. My Facebook is Jackie Cohen Glass Art Designs. My Instagram is Jackie Cohen Glass Art Designs. My Twitter's actually at Jackie Cohen and. Uh, Am I missing any of my things? That's I don't probably know. It. Yeah, so I'm going to make sure I put them all in the show notes to this podcast. It's all the same name. Yes, great. Thanks again, Jackie, for the interview. And thank you for listening to my sixth episode. Please check out CuriousKirby.com and sign up for my newsletter. And we will send you upcoming interviews and some freebies.